Hey, Max. Hey, Josh. How's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you? Pretty good. It's June. It is June. I'm uh, also very excited for our guest today. I am also quite excited for our guest today. Casa Overall is just an amazing all-around musician. He's involved in so many different things, but he's a drummer, rapper, producer, and yeah, this is we've got it's some really cool in music. demand as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as we <Yep>. found out. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. So he's from Seattle. Um, he went to Garfield High School. Uh, has lived in New York. I mean, he tours like all over the place. If you look at his tour schedules, they're nuts. He's probably like traveled more than most other musicians I've ever known. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, so he's made a couple of mixtapes that I'm pretty stoked to talk about today Mm -hmm. Um, from the beginning of COVID, basically. Yeah. Shades of Flu, uh, one and two. Although, yeah. Yeah. And he's also just one of my favorite drummers, like, outside of, you know, what we're going to talk about today. But, yeah. Should we bring him in? Yeah, let's, let's get talking about it. Cool. Welcome, Casa. How's it going? What's up, Casa? It's going good. How y'all doing? Pretty good. Doing all right. Pretty good. Thanks We're for being here. So, so excited for you to be here. Yeah, well, you know, I'm excited to be here as well. Nice. You're being online. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the in the space. The space is the <laughs> Definitely. place. So just uh <clears throat> to kind of get things going here um how did you get into producing music i know you primarily as a drummer but this is like a this has been a deep dive for me personally getting into your stuff that you've made not on exclusively the drum set (laughs) where did this come from and how long have you been doing it yeah it's it's funny i mean it's funny because i'd be at i'd be at the sessions and stuff and like you know talking drums and stuff and the whole time I was trying to like figure out these beat machines, but it was like these other worlds, you know? But, um, actually the thought that pops into my head when you asked me that, uh, when I was really, really, really little, like, you know, three, two or three years old, um, in my living room, we had a, uh, this little beat machine that I, I can't even remember the exact name of it. I think it was called like supersonic or something. It was like this little black square beat machine. that had four little percussion circles on top mm. and a little step sequencer. Whoa. Whoa. And, uh, wait, wait, is this like a toy or is this like an actual nah, tool? It's an actual tool. What's the difference, I mean? Max? <laughs> well, I don't know. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> it was a point. toy to me. I put it like, <laughs> right, like it was literally like there was the Legos, there was like drums and a piano and instruments, and there was this little other section, and that was our living room, right? And the thing about it was nobody really knew how to use that beat machine, you hmm. know. Like my dad kind of picked up different stuff and had a bunch of musician friends and there was a four track recorder around and there was this little beat machine, but I swear like he never, you know what I mean? He never knew how to use it. And I eventually kind of figured out how to mess around with this little toy. Right. And, um, 
that was definitely the beginning for me. You know, um, I think my love for electronic musical instruments and organic or however you want to separate them, it kind of started around the same time. And they hmm. both started kind of like, just like Legos, you know what I mean? And hmm. uh, so I would listen to stuff like DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince or Public nice. Enemy mm-hmm. or, you know, there's a ton of records around the house and I don't know where they came from either, you know? <laughs> it's just like, this is this new thing happening. It's the 80s. And uh, so I tried to kind of recreate that kind of stuff as a little kid. Well, that's probably the best way to really get into it if you're not thinking about, <clears throat> you know, like conventional limits or boundaries or things that other people have done with, you know, other instruments or, or machines or whatever. You're just kind of like doing whatever you want to do. Yeah. Just kind of letting it happen. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think innovation has always been kind of like the, it's almost been like, it seemed like a requirement growing up. You know, it almost seemed like Mm -hmm. you didn't want to be seen doing like something that your, your friend could do better. You know, it was like, you had to have your own, (laughs) oh, I like this toy, you know? And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, on the flip side, how did you get into drums and drumming so um you know similarly you know it started off just as like a a fun thing to do but it was a lot more there was a lot more uh what do you call organization like there was my brother got a drum set when i was born my parents got my brother a drum set Uh, my brother carlos is four years older than me Mm -hmm. so they got him a kit when I was born, you know, maybe to distract him. I don't know how it, what, how it happened. They decided but... to have get a drum kit for the other kid when a baby was born. <laughs> yeah, you know, what I mean, there's nice. you got to understand there's there's twisted logic in, in in these life decisions. You know, sometimes it might not seem like it makes sense, but if you really think about it, noisy baby, less attention, play the drum set. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough. Yeah, uh, something I don't know, but anyways. That's really how I got into playing drums was just trying to be like Carlos, you know, he was dope. I wanted to do that. And, um, but there was a lot of more formal training, you know what I mean? It was like the whole idea of becoming a drummer was almost like set out just like, you know, kids are playing basketball and they're thinking about, yeah, I'm gonna go to NBA. And like, you have a plan from first grade, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to get Jordans, <laughs> you know, and so oh, yeah. uh, it was like, it was a lot more, you know, eventually um, some talent was displayed and I was taking lessons and playing in the school groups and playing at Starbucks and playing at uh, the Folklife Festival for for dollars, you know what I mean, on the, oh, yeah. on the sidewalk and playing at Fremont Fair and playing at Bumbershoot and playing, you know, playing at the talent shows and playing. And um, so that was always, I think the drum set, there was always a clear channel towards a career in a sense. It was like, you can become a jazz drummer, mm. tangible, you yeah. know. But 
beats and rhymes and samples and messing with all that stuff all it all seemed kind of like it seemed like just for fun even though people were becoming millionaires all around me you know <laughs> well you you had a pretty musical family overall right i mean there's yeah. carlos as yeah. you i mean i know Corey plays drums too yeah so how Cor- many musicians do you have in your family well my my dad is uh is a hobbyist you know avant-garde sax player piano player um you know kind of comes out of like a monk kind of ideology cool. or dolphy and so i grew up hearing like ornette coleman and sun Ra and <laughs> that's awesome stuff like that was kind of like baby music you know oh that's some me. kind of stuff to grow up with <laughs> you know it's funny because to this day um to this day music that sounds too correct sounds wrong to me you know what i mean because i didn't i didn't really grow up um i didn't grow up hearing the same kind of music that like i think a lot of people heard you know like i heard a lot of outside stuff and that's always sounded normal to me that's awesome man i grew up with like earth wind and fire and count basie which is very in compared to monk and dolphy and those guys (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i heard some you know i heard some earth wind and fire and uh, definitely basie and stuff but yeah it just was like i think the the circle that enclosed normal was just a little bit broader than normal. Sure. Very cool. So I have another question. Um, unfortunately I have been busy every time you've played in town, (laughs) but I've been really curious how you balance, uh, drumming, producing. You're also a vocalist rapper, all that stuff. How do you balance all these things when you're performing live nowadays? Um, it, you know, it morphs, you know, every kind of, every few runs or whatever, it kind of changes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I think it even became gradual where like, it was more like I was playing drums and it's like, all right, I'll get up and rap a little bit. And then like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It started, it just always kind of morphs, but I'll say two things that I think have some kind of value. Um, one is that there are different like brain neurons that fire depending on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so you really have to practice uh, being able to switch modes, you know? So like mm. I'll get up and rap a song that's like a four minute love song rap ballad type thing. You know, it's just lyrical storytelling. Yeah. And then in that song and the, the plan is that right when that song ends, I run over to the drums and start a drum solo based on some six eight, how about quad type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And normally that rhythm would be easy. It'd be easy to play the drum solo, but uh, because of where my head was at, it like takes a while, you know. And you can sit down and almost like not know how to play for twenty seconds, you know. Interesting. So you really I have never to thought practice. About that. Yeah, you have to practice the transition. Yeah, that makes total sense, actually. Yeah, it Mm. makes sense. Do you Um, spend time doing that explicitly in the practice room then? Rap for a while, go to the drum sets, go back and forth? uh, Not like I should, you know what I mean? Like, to be honest, you know what I mean? Like, that's probably what I should do. I should probably just rap, 
hop on the kit, do but you know, it's like sometimes we don't tend to, to go the easy route, you know, so it's just the more times I do it on stage, the more I get comfortable and then it, yeah, it becomes enough. you start uh I guess what you start trying to do is almost uh, stop thinking about them as different things. You know, you mm-hmm. start trying to mm-hmm. think about it like, uh, well, these words are rhythms and like these drums are poems. And, you know, you start trying to think broadly. Um, but one yeah. other thing I wanted to throw in there was that I was just thinking about this today. And uh, I think that everything that I'm doing comes from the drummer's spirit. And I, I hate to sound like I'm not trying to sound, <laughs> I sound kind of corny. Just saying that out of my mouth, I sound kind of corny. But what I mean is like, what I mean is, you know, about the, the drums and, and the triplets and the rudiments and the coordination and just all the mm-hmm. stuff that goes into the, and all the knowledge that you get from studying the drum set and, and, and the lineage of the cats and all of that. I feel like everything I'm doing, I'm just trying to take that and like apply that. You know what I mean? And so whatever it is that I'm doing, some production stuff or writing a song or even editing video, it all has the same. It has the same. When you talk about like having a cymbal beat, you know, and like a what makes a good cymbal beat? Like you can't say exactly, right? You can't really you can't really say the recipe for a good symbol beat but right. you know when it feels right yep and so i guess it's like it's just the same i'm trying to use that same kind of thermometer in a sense that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah it yeah. does josh do you ever find like when you play a bunch of different instruments too um do you find that you kind of have to <clears throat> like switch gears and let it settle in if you switch immediately from thing to thing? I don't know. Nah, bro. How many instruments do you play, by the way? I know it's a ton. We've talked about this sometimes I'm before. De- <laughs> I mostly just gig on accordion. I, I, I mostly gig <laughs> on accordion and keys, um, and I sing some. But um, and then I practice trumpet and I. Still don't really play that out. I'm working Man, on some it percussion. Some yeah, what nah, else though? Nah. We'll list them all. What about the full? <laughs> let me get the full resume. The resume version. I mean, the closet's got a bunch of instruments. Is there, like I got, I get a bunch of student level beginner instruments because they're fun and uh-huh. I want to check them out. But you know, there's there's a trombone in the closet. There's an I've got an alto saxophone on loan and a flute and a clarinet. Cajon. I got it at a garage sale. So they're just you know. Can you play there. the drum set too? No, I can't play. Well, I took drum set lessons. <laughs> <laughs> I took, took drum set lessons when I was there a kid, <laughs> but I, I no, I don't play anymore. Uh, not since not since middle school. And Max can attest to the fact that the last time I tried to play a drum set was at his house, and it did not go very well at all. <laughs> you did fine. You did fine. Uh, very. That, that's <clears throat> kind, and I think it was really of questionable quality. But hey, I mean, yeah. better than me trying to play a clarinet or something. <laughs> I, yeah. oh I mean, man everything's questionable oh that's true yeah that's true <laughs> well well at yeah. the very least it didn't feel very fluid to me <laughs> right 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 you are your own you know what i mean it's all like it's on you to decide if it's 
That's true. If you think it's killing, somebody else will probably like it too. Yeah, hopefully so. <laughs> For better so, or worse. We've talked to, I knew that you played drums and produced and rapped and, uh, but I'm looking at your video and see a bunch of keyboards and synthesizers and some yeah. kind of MPC thing going on here. And, and I guess that's probably stuff you use in production, but are, yeah. do you play keys too? Nah, not really. But, but I went to, uh, I went to Oberlin Conservatory mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I had to take music theory and all of the basic things. Not that I did good in those classes, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I know enough to, you know, I think about it like as far as playing, you know, if you think about composing, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's all like at a certain point, you just have different ideas or feelings and you try to get those out and, yeah. um I feel like, I don't know. I don't want to say anything that like the jazz police will like get mad at me for, but (laughs) I feel like everybody, anybody can play something, you know, Mm. like anybody can pick something up and, and if you have a, if you have something to say and, and you're willing to say it, you know, it's like, that's kind of really the, the, the rules, Um, you know, so I'm, I'm, what I have up here, just for the people who can't see us, right? Um, I have a grandmother mug up top, Ooh. which I don't really know how to use yet, but um, I run it through a delay pedal and mm-hmm. just get some crazy sounds and get a couple good blips and put it in the track. And then uh got a MIDI controller. I got a MPC-1, which is like the new MPC. Nice. But I actually started, as far as making beats for real, I started on the um, MPC 2000 back in the 90s. Nice. And um, mm. I also recently just got a TR-09 boutique drum machine, which is like the uh, it's the new small version of the TR-909, which mm. all is like the basis of house and techno music. So I'm using that to learn to kind of learn about house for real by, mm. by learning the drum machine. But I'm also using it to get good at drums. Nice. Because like you can make these really tight, intricate drum beats and then you just practice along and you like, sound wow. like a house kit. So you're making, you're using drum machine to make beats and then sit down at the kit to like play with it. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. And that's so, actually, <clears throat> Oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say that's actually a lot of a lot of the stuff I do these days. And and maybe for a while if I look back on it, but I guess more consciously recently is like I'll do something and try to use it for every way. You know what I mean? Like like if I need to practice drums and I need to make beats and I need to write a song and I need to prep for a, sh- a live show. Mm-hmm. Right, and I have this TR09 drum machine that I'm trying to learn how to use. Yeah, then I'll just I'll use that for all of the things. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like you kind of like you really it almost helps because you're you're applying something to another thing. You know, so you you learn how to use the drum machine enough to make a beat, then you learn the beat on the drums, and yeah. then you're kind of like. 
then you're starting to think like, all right, I'm going to bring this on tour with me and I'm going to play the drum machine and run over <laughs> to the kid and it's going to be this yeah. whole thing. And then, but then that leads to you like actually thinking about song ideas and it just, you kind of start thinking circularly and you really like can save time in a sense, you know? Hmm. Yeah. That's a really cool way of doing it. There's a phrase yeah. in Cantonese that I like, san si hang, and it like, describes like you getting a new thing, like whatever that is, and you just want to use it everywhere. Yeah. And it's just like hmm. you're, you're excited about it. I yep. just got this. I traded for a new MIDI controller that's got more pads and like dials and stuff. And you bet I'm like yeah. trying to figure out how to work playing that and accordion at the same time with loops <laughs> and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's been fun. What are you using? Uh, what do you... Uh use the MIDI keyboard for like what kind of plugins or, or synths or software synthesizers? Soft Sands through Reaper is what I've been doing. Do you use Arturia? Uh, I or, did uh, before, but I haven't been using it lately. I've been yeah. using just some free, like basic free mm-hmm. synths like Tal uh, Noise Maker, I think is the name of it. It's a subtractive mm-hmm. synth. And then mm-hmm. there was an FM synth that I started playing with. And then uh some like a drum sampler thing like a really basic one that you just drag clips in and modify clips and then i'm trying to do the whole finger drumming with one hand and play uh pads with the <laughs> keyboard on the other hand at the same time it's oh that's fine a trip it's, yeah yeah it's fun. yeah yeah what program do you guys use to put this all together like ableton or something else i'll let or? you go since you you talk about it reaper for me Reaper is like okay. a DAW. Is Reaper a mm-hmm. DAW? It's a DAW. Is, is that the one that uh, it was on? No, that was a Reactor. I don't know Reaper. I've heard of mm. it, but I've never used it. It's gaining some popularity. It's definitely still less popular than Logic, Ableton, Pro Tools, that lot. But um, yeah, it's a. It's got an extremely permissive trial license, and <laughs> uh, the and the commercial license even is just much cheaper than a lot of the other DAWs, so I ended up using it. Is it I just something... downloaded Reaper, and you have 60 days, actually. <laughs> yeah. <one>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not totally free. No. It's not. Is it kind of like, is it a little more like on some like Max MSP type? Like, is it a more complicated one? No, I don't think no. it's like that. Okay. Um, it's... I don't know what it's closer to. It's not like Ableton, but Ableton's not like a lot of other DAWs, mm-hmm. and it's maybe closer to logic, but I haven't even used logic. I've mostly mm-hmm. watched YouTube videos about it. So <laughs> I don't have a lot of strong things to compare to, but I previously, I used to use it mostly as a, as a recording DAW yeah. um, and recording and mixing. And then now uh, finding out that it's got looping and synthing, uh, synthesize uh, capabilities. So um, that. Um, I use Ableton for mm. computer stuff. Cool. Nice. And um, it's good. I mean, the reason I like, at a certain point, um, you realize all oh, most DAWs pretty much do the same kind of stuff, you know. Totally. But Ableton's a little more circular, in my opinion. Yeah. Like it's like, and as a as a live performing musician type, mm-hmm. you know, it it kind of allows me to apply that kind of circular yeah chorus driven brain you know what i mean that and then sense. um like i said before i started on the mpc and mm. i also used the asr 10 hit by insonic this uh 
it's like back in the day you had the MPC and the, the ASR10. It was kind of like the two sampler sequencers that people use. And uh, yeah, Ableton just gave me that same loop-based kind of ability. Cool. Yeah, I stayed up till two in the morning twice trying to figure out Ableton and it never stuck. I always went <laughs> going back to the DAW I knew. I could get you going, bro, with 30 minutes. I promise. <laughs> I bet you could. I might hit you up for that, Casa. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I'll come through. It's easy, man. But you have to start simple. It's kind of like mm. it's the thing about Ableton, there's so many different things you could do. I still probably only know 50%, you know? So, like, mm. I would just start you with like one little 10% of like, all right, this is how you drop a sample in, this is mm. how you chop it up. This is how you make drums on it, you know, <laughs> yeah. do that for a couple of years, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, a little bit ago, you talked about uh, just anybody with something to say can say it in, like, it'll be great. And uh, that's all you need. And I'm really curious to hear or talk to you more about what you have to say about uh, with this record that you or this pair of records that you put out in the pandemic uh-huh. called Shades of Flu and yeah. Shades of Flu 2. Yeah. What is behind this project? Can you tell us, a, uh, tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, yeah, sure, man. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, one asterisk for the, the statement. If you have something to say, not, that doesn't mean it's going to be great. Yep, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's valid for exploration you know it's like worthy Mm -hmm. of like yeah "Yeah, man do that you know what i mean like work on that you know and uh anybody that's anybody that takes the stage period i look at as like an ally and uh somebody that i'm i share some kind of bond you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even if it it, you know it might be trash it might annoy me i might throw a symbol at you but At the core, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't have to go up there. You didn't have to say what you said. So, you know, I got some respect. Um, But anyways, moving along. Um, So the the basis of the Shades of Flu thing, really, if I really had to, like, put it in a nutshell. uh, Somebody's calling me. (laughs) That's cool. Did that show up on you guys' thing? It like, actually did not. Did you hear not. the phone ring? No. Oh, no. nice. Cool. Next time I'll just pretend like nothing happened. Um, <laughs> so so um, basically, right, if we can all travel back to March, April, May, June 2020, mm-hmm. uh, we were all locked away in our perspective cages and... Uh, Everybody was doing live streams, you know? Everybody was live streaming performances, which was cool. You know, I really appreciated it. But I also found myself being very drained and very like, okay, like I, I've had enough, you know? Yeah. And totally. uh, and uh, other people, I heard a lot of other people say similar things, you know, like, yeah, I got to watch so-and-so's live stream, but I don't, you know, I don't know. And, uh, so I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to do the live stream thing, you know, like I did one or two, but like, ultimately I was like, I don't think that's the thing that I want to be focused on. Let me, what, what's a different thing that I could do that will still represent like 
connection to a community and and like represent like connectedness during this disconnected time. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's what that's what spawned the the inspiration to finish this project. Cause to be honest, the real real birth of the projects was uh a series of DJ sets I did to promote live shows and, and things back before the pandemic. Wow. So uh Uh, KMHD in Portland asked me to do a guest mix. Mm -hmm. And and so what I started doing was instead of just playing some songs that I liked, I remixed every song I played on the guest mix. You know what I mean? So I show up and I'm like, here's my 15-minute guest mix. By the way, these are all like new tracks. It's just for y'all. And so they were like, word? Like, can we play this more like in the future, you know? And so I did that um, at KMHD. I did it on BBC um, with Tom Ravenscroft in London. And I did a few like, yeah, yeah. I did a few pretty like major and it kind of became like people were really amped about it. And so I knew that there was something unique there. And so that was like kind of the birth of the thought. And then, like, the idea of putting it into a whole kind of album mix, that was kind of more like, now that the pandemic's here, let me let me make this make-believe world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. That's pretty crazy, actually. <clears throat> yeah. BBC is, like, a pretty huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, well, maybe we should listen to a little bit of one of these tracks just to kind of get people on board with what we're talking about and then we can talk some more about it Absolutely. does that sound good sounds good all right what let's you pull got? up a little section of shades of flu one or i guess just shades of flu <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't called one yet <laughs> <laughs> did you know you were going to make a second one or was it uh just no. kind of a uh-uh. okay all right i think the pandemic of, kept yeah. going i was like all right i guess i gotta do another one <laughs> <laughs> time for number two <laughs> i really thought this was just gonna be a quick little <laughs> yeah didn't we all yeah. well it's still not over are you gonna make a third one i'm working on it man i got <laughs> oh. you bro. i got you <laughs> awesome all right <laughs> y'all heard it here the third one's you heard coming it out here first <laughs> all right yeah let's let's listen to the section
Okay, so this is totally different than anything else we've ever had on this podcast, I think. Yeah, is I think right, so. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's pretty different. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I love it. <laughs> I love this whole concept, and yeah. I have a lot of stuff I want to ask questions about. Uh, but basically, so this little that first snippet you heard was um, "Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Could See" with Busta Rhymes, and also Miles Davis' "Freedom Jazz Dance." Uh, what goes through your head when you decide how to create transitions from sections in like a longer piece? I mean, this piece is what? How long actually is this? This whole entire the thing whole is mix. Like it's like forty minutes. Forty or something. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going in and out of different things all the time. Um, how do you how do you make these transitions work? Like, yeah. Well, um, that's a good question. I'm still figuring that out, to be honest. <laughs> um, because like sometimes I'll try to make one, and then I'll try to go make another one, and then yeah. I'll try to put them together. You know what I mean? Like after mm-hmm. the fact, and I'll try to make them fit or do some kind of uh tempo tempo change automate some kind of tempo change with some delays and blah 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 right and that that works but i've noticed that like the only way to really really make it like really feel right is to like make one and then like make the next one like in the same session you know like i'll just make the next joint yeah and like naturally, yeah. So it's almost like writing a song in the yeah. conventional sense. Like you kind of have to finish your thoughts, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, cohesive. yeah. Exactly. And I mean, you can sometimes I'll be like, "Nah, I need to put this one there," and I move it around, and you can make it work. But there's nothing like, um, you know, getting to the end of a song and like maybe the the hot you have the hi hat loop. It keeps going. Mm. And then you drop in something else on it and it just, you know what I mean? That real, it's like, and then, and then you just also imagine the listener, like, like it's a DJ, you know, you imagine it like a, a listener, like a party or something, you know? And it's like, what would, what would freak this person out right now? Whoa. If somebody was listening to this, <clears throat> that, that's bobbing her head or All dancing right. or whatever, like, <laughs> If I just dropped like some crazy trapped out 808s right now, that would be dope, you know? Mm. Well, so that actually sort of answered my, my next question, which was, um, so like when, when you're going in and out of things like this, some sections feel more like almost like a complete song of sorts and other uh-huh. sections feel more like um, elongated transitions, I guess. Yeah. Um, but they're still really cool ideas in and of themselves. And so like that second little thing that we heard, the Wallace Roney shadow dance thing, um, that to me felt a little bit more like uh, like an elongated transition rather yeah. than maybe like a whole like separate thing. Mm-hmm. So is this just kind of like a, a spur of the moment fluid like idea? If that's what it happens, then you just let it happen and go to the next thing? Or are you trying to kind of like set up a mixtape like uh with kind of building blocks and then like transitions between those yeah i'd say the first thing more so okay okay it's cool. like 
each moment is like um just as important you know what i mean even if it's like a little even if it's a little moment where it's just like like i said like a hi-hat and a clap or something it's like Mm -hmm. because i know as a listener i know i mean if you go back to the beginnings of hip-hop right and you think about how they took the breaks you know they they took the Mm -hmm. sections where it was just the drums and they looped those sections obviously right and that's like the it's like our like it's like our biblical stories right, at this point. <laughs> and one day someone looped that drum beat and yeah, looped it again and looped it again <laughs> and then someone created a machine that would loop it infinitely <laughs> right but but what yeah. i'm trying to say is that like they probably didn't think like, yo, we're going to drop into the drums right here and it's going to create a whole genre of music one day. You know, it's just like, it's just this moment, but it's important, you know? And so like those little moments, I really think like a fan, you know what I mean? Like, I think like, I think like the, the music geeks, or nerds, sorry, not geeks, the music nerds are going <laughs> to freak out for this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The 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 three people that like know who Tony Williams is plus know <laughs> this plus know that you know what I mean <laughs> they're gonna freak out you know and so it's like yep. I'm putting these little gems in there but um well, to I get was back, catching a lot of them I love yeah, it yeah 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 and, and but to get back to the the the, the thing is like um one one thing I like to do is I like to listen t- to the beginning of the tape like if I'm working on a piece. Say I'm working on the Wallace part, right? Yeah. I'll go back to the beginning of the tape and listen to there. You know what I mean? And and then it'll give you a more better idea. Like, nah, this mm. is just a quick little moment. Then we got to get to the party. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like a, it's like a movie. It's like, this is just the Uber to the club, you know? like Okay, that makes sense. You yeah. know, this is that moment. This is like nighttime and you're in the car and then you hop out and then you walk in the club and it's like Gary Bart's I've known rivers. You know? <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? And so like, I guess the emotion of each piece, certain pieces are just longer thoughts that need more time to really set in. Certain Definitely. pieces are like a moment of urgency and you kind of want to get in and get out. Um, but a side note, so I was getting to the end of the tape. I was trying to finish and Wallace passed. You know what oh, I mean? That's right. That was the same time, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like <clears throat> the tape also had like people that passed and, you know, like people were passing and I'm like throwing them on the tape, especially the second tape. You know, you had um, Milford Graves, Jimmy Roy Heath, Hargrove, Roy Hargrove, Stanley Cowell. Um, Chick Corea, mm-hmm. uh, McCoy Tyner, yeah, a ton of people, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so it was also like it was kind of like a little secret blessing, you know what I mean? Like, remember, I was gonna it. ask about that actually. Um, but yeah, thank th- thanks for doing that. Yeah, um, and then so when you're making mixtapes like this, you kind of have the opportunity to, in a sense, like play with anybody who's ever existed whether they're dead or alive as long as they've been recorded right yeah kind of yeah yeah and i mean you know the thing is like there's a certain level of like 
like I don't know if I would like it if if somebody did what I did. You know what I mean? Like I mean like what I'm trying to say is like if somebody chopped up a Love Supreme, like I might would be like I'm pretty sure ah. that's been done. Yeah, I've heard it. I, I have a home I have a homie that did it. You know what I mean? And it was like it was like a love supreme. Whoa. You know what I mean? It was like you know, it was cool. It was cool. But I'm just saying that like I I can I'm not that I'm not that um like hard headed or I can't think of the right word, but I'm not that out of it to not understand it. I'm sure some people are like, yo, like he's hacking it like very sacred <laughs> joints to me, you know? And well, uh you could, go ahead. I mean you could think of drumming like that too, you know, if you're gonna steal somebody's idea. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna play like an elven thing or something. I mean you know, people I mean, steal ideas all the time. I I guess for me, I guess for me, the thing about it for me is I've spent so much time inside this music and I feel like I'm a family member, you know, not to say that I'm going to have issue with anybody else that does anything, but I'm just saying for my own way of like thinking about it, mm-hmm. this is like when I'm making these pieces, I'm really think of it. I'm, I think of this like. It's like a family reunion. Like these are people I know and people that I've listened to my whole life. You know what I mean? And that like, that like these musical ideas that I'm having, this this is kind of, this is flowing through me. Like this feels right. You know what I mean? Like when I'm making this stuff, this feels like I get excited when I hear this. And I'm like, man, you know, like, I'm like, man, Miles, Miles didn't like nothing, but he would have dug this. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, I bet he would. I bet he would. And if he didn't, you know, that's okay. I'm not. I understand. Like, uh, I saw Kenny Barron actually at uh, at this, I can't remember what festival. I was playing at some festival, and I ran up on him. Right, I'm like, yo, Kenny Barron, man. You gotta listen to this song, like you know your 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 acapella version of Passion Dance. Uh oh, listen to this! <laughs> like such an idiot. First off, like he's about to go on stage, right? He's like by the stage, and I'm like, yo, I'm like literally like with the phone. You can't hear nothing, right? I'm like, listen. Oh, man. But I believed in my heart that like if he heard it, he would have heard it. You know what I mean? It would have mm-hmm. been like, yo, this is crazy, you know. So how did that go? Did he could he hear it? Actually, or I was, was with so I was I was playing with Terry Lynn Carrington, right? Mm-hmm. And so me and Terry both kind of walked up at the same time and Terry Terry kind of said hi to him right after I started playing him the thing, so it kind of like he just got distracted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You were you were, Terry Lynn is also a drummer. You guys are playing two drums? I was time? I was rapping and DJing. Oh, okay, okay, ah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I could have heard that. Yeah, there's a we got nominated for a Grammy last year, man. I I I'll send you a link, bro. Please it's, do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was and rapping. also, congrats. Thanks, man. Yep. That's so cool. Well, could we listen to Shades of Flu two a little bit as well? Of course, man. This, this one. Is- 
it's being world, from man. April of 2021. Hit me. Hey, 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 hey,
I love this as much as I love the first record. It's, there's something about hearing these familiar jazz melodies, but in a context or situation that I haven't ever heard them before. And it's just, it's different. It's really, really, really cool. Thank you, man. I might even like this one better than the first one, if I'm being totally honest. I think I think I like it better than the first one. Also, just props for getting this much done during COVID. Mm-hmm. I was having some major issues getting much of anything done, especially like in the middle of things and like the turn of 2021-ish. It was hard, man. So, Dude, yeah. It was definitely <clears throat> hard. and uh, But, you know, I think like, um, I guess the way I work, like once I get the bug, like once I, <laughs> that's not the right thing to be saying right now. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Once I get the inspiration and I'm just like in there, you know, I got this, I have this ability to just kind of keep going and going and going and going, you know. Mm. And a lot of this got made just in a room, you know, like not even a room as big as this one, like a room with like a laptop and a, a little mic and a couple pieces of percussion and mm. a mouse, you know. Yeah. How long know. does it take you to make one of these, do you think? The whole tape? Yeah. I couldn't tell you, man, because like I said, um, the first one, you know, I did these DJ sets. So that mm-hmm. kind of like what I, what would happen is I do a DJ set and maybe three of the seven joints were good. So mm-hmm. that I keep those three. And then I do another DJ set and maybe one of the seven was good. And then, you know, and so then you start kind of compiling and realizing what works and what doesn't. And um, so it's really hard to say. But I did do a DJ set for, I did a gig in Milan and we did a, a, I did a set for a radio station in Milan and that was dope. Then I did one for a station in Atlanta and I flipped a one finger snap. Like the, (laughs) but it was like the same way as the, the bust of miles. Like it had the same kind of vibe, but with like a house beat and, um, so, like, I have a few already, but they're just kind of slowly. Once I have, like, mm. five, then I'll be like, all right, all right, I can knock this out real quick, you know. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. So, also, um, that was a really cool way to start this off with, like, a drum solo kind of rapping spoken word thing mm-hmm. into, like, a nine. Is it nine eight or nine four, whatever it was? Yeah, I don't even know. With a backbeat, kind of. <laughs> It's <laughs> like, whoa, okay. <laughs> well, um, I give a I give a big shout out to my girlfriend too, um, Lauren DeGraff. She's a writer, and she's she actually helps a lot when it comes to like turning the project into a narrative. You know, hmm. so like, hmm. I think she was the one that came up with the idea of like saying like doing a little poem in the beginning and like you know what i mean the, the idea of like bookends on a project and like interludes or yeah. like that kind of stuff is almost i think as the kind of musicians we are we don't tend to think about that stuff as much as we should mm-hmm. and like 
non-musician type listeners, that kind of stuff really does a lot. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it's like setting the scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, the the drums with the the poem, and that actually kind of references back to uh, a piece I did on "I Think I'm Good." You know, which was a similar kind of open drum solo with poem kind of texture, you know? So, um, a lot of things I do, you have like recurring themes, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So on this one, a lot of the people you sampled, uh, recently passed away. We talked about most of them. Um, I'm curious what made you choose to get uh, Passion Dance with Kenny Barron. I mean, to the best of my knowledge, he's still living. I certainly right, right. Is. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, what Kenny's, made you bring that one in? Kenny's still here, but McCoy, right? McCoy right, passed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and to in all honesty, to be all totally honest, I believe I'm trying to remember when I started chopping that up. I can't remember if it was before McCoy passed or not, because actually the the Passion Dance one, I kind of started that during the Shades of Flu one era. Hmm. But it hmm. was so insane that I was like, it didn't fit. It was mm-hmm. almost like this is too crazy to go on this tape. Like this is gonna, this is gonna that's make a, the, that's a heavy one. Yeah, it's gonna make the tape one click too far. You know what I mean? And uh, so I saved it. And then, um, you know, to be honest, like when I pick songs and stuff, like I actually, it's really hard when I have to pick with specific rules and stuff. You know, like if somebody's like, mm-hmm. yo, do a tape, but only trumpet players or, or something, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, like it's really hard, like because when I'm doing it, it's just real playful. And I'm really just moving straight off of like just inspiration if I hear something. You know what I mean? So the Kenny Barron, it's like a solo piano record. And yeah. and <clears throat> so when I heard Kenny Barron specifically playing Passion Dance at that tempo and in that intensity, right? The thought is like, yo, but what if it was like breakbeat drummer? playing along with every melodic line for the whole five minutes, you know? Yeah. So, like, that's where it came from. That's what it was made of. Well, so is it it easier to do, to, like, put in, like, a solo piano version of Passion Dance than it is to put in, like, the actual, like, band version of it? Especially if the band's got drums. Mm, No, I wouldn't say it's easier um it's just different Hmm. it's just a different it's like it's like um different ingredients make Mm -hmm. different dishes you know like uh so if we go back to the miles davis uh freedom jazz dance right quintet it wasn't any more difficult but you notice i the drums that i added which came from the buster is a lot more simple and repetitive yeah, which leaves more space for Tony to do his thing. Mm, you know, so if I drop, if I drop a acapella Kenny Barron piano, 
then it's like it's just a much more wide open canvas for me to go crazy with the drums. Mm, totally. But I wouldn't say it's easier. You could even say it's more difficult in terms of you got to come up with more stuff. Hmm. Um, cool. So I'm no mixtape like expert or anything, but one of the ones I've listened to that really I remember a lot about is Kareem Riggins' uh, Music Kaleidoscope. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard that one. I'm trying to remember. I've, there's a few Kareem albums that I'm familiar with. It sounded uh, like it sounded like you might have maybe listened to this one. It just, it just he, sounded like there were some connections there. I don't know. I was, was kind of curious, just personally, if you had listened to that one at all. I'm gonna look. I'm actually looking up his albums. No, no, no. Um, like I'm hip to Alone Together. And I'm okay. hip to the head nod suite, which is super dope. Oh, and also, pardon my French, him in a oh, yeah. Mad Libs joint. But interesting, I'm not hip to that one. Nah, huh? Check it out; it's kind of cool. I will. I mean, you know, he's like, uh, he's one of the prototypes for me because you know we're both coming from similar yeah. skill sets, so I wouldn't be surprised. Well, he's also, yeah, another drummer <laughs> doing this whole thing, and I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he cracked some of the same codes, you know. (laughs) Probably so. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's the homie, though. Shout out to Kareem, man. Mm -hmm. Um, So for people who might be interested in getting into producing music like this, what would you recommend people, like, listen to in terms of, you know, producers who you think have really done an awesome job of, of... doing this kind of music you know it's interesting because uh when i really think about that question um every album you hear was produced by somebody Mm -hmm. right every album has a producer and some great albums have great producers you know like some some albums i grew up on like I grew up on all of the Bob Marley stuff. The -hmm. production is incredible. You know what I mean? Like the sound, like the texture, like the way those, basically everything I make, I'm trying to make, I want my albums to sound uh, somewhere in between Bob Marley and the Wellers burning, Outkast, Equimini, Coltrane, crescent slash kind of blue and like doggy style (laughs) (laughs) all right and those are all like super different textures but they also they all have this kind of warmth and thickness Mm -hmm. in in the especially in the low end and in the drums like the drums all have this kind of (laughs) you know what i mean yeah no that makes sense and uh so i guess what i'm trying to say is for a if you're trying to get into the game of beat making, producing, or just making music or whatever, you already know the sounds you like. You know what I mean? And you don't need to listen to you don't need to listen to my little bag of, you know, it's like whatever it is that's for you, you know, it's like you might have grew up on pet sounds by the Beach Boys and the Beatles and Youssef Latif or whatever, you know, but mm-hmm. It's like, 
it's really it's it's everywhere. Is I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's everywhere, and then you can you just have to um, figure out how to com- you know take your own combinations of stuff and put it together. You know, but yeah, but, um, no, I think that's really, really good like advice. That. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think a lot of people would say like a lot of people will create a canon of like, this is the cool stuff, you know, and like, listen to Dilla <laughs> and Mad Lib and then this album by Kanye. And, but it's like, nah, yo, don't do that. Like we did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're not going to do it better, you know, go do some, go get your own stuff and like freak me out, man. I'm ready, yeah. you know, freak mm. me out. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. I really like that. <clears throat> cool. Well, we're almost out of time here, but I did want to just ask a couple more questions. If we I'm have here, time bro. I'm I'm literally so right here. I I heard a rumor. So this is a totally different little project. We didn't have time to talk about today, but uh-huh. go get ice cream and listen to jazz. Yeah, <clears throat> was another tape you did, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a album. That's a full album. That's, that's right. a full album. So I saw something about somebody actually making real ice cream. Yeah. For you and for that. Yes. That, that was a thing. Not a rumor. This is this did not <laughs> this did not happen in your dreams. Nothing. It happened. That's uh, that's probably something to put in your bucket list. I mean. Getting ice cream, cream named after, after you. you. That's awesome. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> yeah. I was just uh, curious. That's so cool. Man. Yeah, I put the ice cream in a bucket and uh the ice cream itself was sweet. And uh it was killing, man. It was amazing. You know, uh shout out to Baltimore, uh the creamery was the ice cream parlor. And okay. um my my girl used to live in Baltimore, so she had some connections out there and was kind of like, yo. What did it taste like? Uh, yeah. The flavor was... So the, I talked to the dude on the phone, right? And we had mm-hmm. like a powwow about it. And he <laughs> was like, what's your favorite flavor when you was little? Like, what is your favorite flavor? And I said, I always liked the uh, orange creamsicle. Okay. Right? Who don't like that? Like, that's definitely I up like there, it. right? Great so, flavor, uh, yeah. So we were like, yo, let's flip the orange, orange creamsicle, but remix it. Like, and so the flavor ended up being um, orange creamsicle with a pink peppercorn marshmallow swirl. Whoa. And, Holy cow. And the reason we... I wanted it to be like orange and white, like how the 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 mm-hmm. creamsicles used to be. And in order to get an actual bit of orange flair, we had to add the the pink peppercorn. So that was kind of how it came to be. Wow! But it was definitely delicious. People were buying the ice cream in the it, at the shop. Like they were like, "Yo, this is actually selling!" Like. <laughs> And, That's um, awesome. And we performed in Baltimore. I'm leaving out a big part. We performed in oh, Baltimore okay. at the, um, it's called Creative Alliance. It's kind of like a, it's almost like, not like earshot, but you know, like a, they put on, it's a room, you know, they put on performances. And so that was and basically another promo thing, mm. you know? 
a lot of the coolest stuff just comes out of like just coming up with ideas to promote a show and try to get people to come see me tell jokes well, that's on stage. One of the coolest ones I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you know, the second move, the the thing we really need to be talking about is like getting this ice cream company jumped and jumping off, you know, like what's the next step, the next, next step, you know, cause that would be awesome. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> if y'all know any, if y'all know any, any, if you got any, you know, any, uh, ice cream specialists slash investor types, you know, holler at me, man. I'm easy <laughs> to find. I'm here. I got a lot of ideas. I know a lot of ice cream fans. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell the ideas on, on here, but man, holla at me. Nice. Well, right. we are at, at about time here. Thank you so much for joining us and talking oh, about this um, series of amazing projects. For people that are listening and want to check out more, where are good places for people to find out more about your music? Um, just type my name into any search engine, Casa Overall, that's K-A-S-S-A, last name Overall, like the clothing, Casa Overall, so CasaOverall.com, Casa Overall on YouTube, Casa Overall on Instagram. I don't check, check Facebook, so don't look at me on Facebook. (laughs) Um, sounds good. Yeah, I'm here, man. All right. Thank you again for this amazing music. Thanks yeah, for having seriously. me. It's been it's been great decoding this stuff, you know. It's always good to think about it and try to figure out what's going on. Definitely yeah, for sure. All right, that's it. Cool. Peace. <laughs>